So we're holding by Melach Malif, where Perek Zion, Pasukin Aleph, the Shia was started as a Schosli Lunishmas, Yechaskel Shraga, Ben Avram Yehuda, Shosli Schosli Lunishmas, Rabbechil Mechel Ben Asher, Moshe Ben Daniel, and Chaim Eloza Ben Shemshanaya, as well as a Schos for Fushlem of Yosem Menach Ben Chav, and Chaim Moshe Shua Ben Malka. So we continue discussing the materials used for the complex of the Beis Yar Levana, and we saw last time that the foundation stones of these buildings were built with 10 Amas and 8 Amas stones. But Pasukin Aleph now tells us, Umel Maila, but the stones that were above the ground that were not the foundation stones were also Avonim Yikairo's valuable stones, but they were Kemidos Gazis. They were like that standard measure of a carved stone that was known. We saw last time Kemidos Gazis was a standard measure that was known in that society of what a, uh, of what a carved stone measured. And Avarez was also made out of cedar. So these materials were used uh, in a very aesthetic way in the building above ground. Now, Pazagid Bey is a Chatzar Hagadayla, the large courtyard saviv that surrounded, Pazrib Shah means surrounded the buildings of the of the structures in the, um, surround, surrounded the complex, the Beis Yarlavanin complex. What was it made out of? Shloisha Turim Gazis, three rows of carved stone, Vitur Krusas Arazim, and one row of cedar planks. Now, you could see in the picture that I'm posting uh, what this pattern looked like. And you should recall that this is the similar pattern that the Pasuk tells us, that the inner chatzar, the walls of the inner chatzar and the ulam were made for with the same pattern. It was three rows of of arazim. I'm sorry, three rows of gazis and then one row of arazim. Because we saw, we said, uh, this was a couple of shiurim ago, we said that since the walls of the chatzar did not have a roof, so in order to give it support, there was built into it the planks of arazim. Every fourth row was a row of cedar in order to give it additional support. And again, you could see in the picture the three rows of stones followed by the one row of eras of cedars and then the pattern repeats itself. We will see momentarily in Pasuket Gimel that we're going back to discuss the construction of the Beis HaMikdash. And that will really take us for the rest of the Perek. Further details of the construction of the Beis HaMikdash. The Vilna Gaon learns that V'chatzar HaGadoyle here in Pasuket Beis is really not referring to the Chatzar of the, of the complex of the Beis Yarlavani, but actually it's referring to the uh, what we call the Ezra Snashim of the Beis Hamikdash. This pasuk already is going back to discuss the Beis Hamikdash, and it's saying that that the courtyard in the Beis Hamikdash, the second courtyard, the one that we call the Ezra Snashim, was also built with this pattern. The Sefer Ezra Kayanim is bothered that how come we have with so much detail of the construction of the Beis Hamikdash and the materials and the layout? How come there's no mention of the Harabayas? And that's the question he asks, how come here in Malachim, and then when it's repeated again in Devere Yomim, there's no mention at all of the Baharabayas. And he brings down from a rush that maybe there's a little bit of a remez somewhere to the Harabayas, but he's bothered. How come there's no direct reference to the construction of the Harabayas? And he says, Ulai, you can say that maybe here, when it says, it's talking about the uh, the Chatzar, meaning the Harabayas, the entire area that surrounded the Beis Hamikdash, which was obviously the bulk of the area, was the Harabayas. The Harabayas area was much larger than the Chatzar and the Ulam of the Beis Hamikdash, and yet that has no mention. So says the Yisrael Kayanim could be that the Chatzar Akedayli here is referring to the Harabayas. Now he says when it talks about the third Beis Hamikdash in Yechaskel, then the uh, Harabayas is mentioned. So it makes sense that there would be some mention somewhere of the Harabayas. And he says, Ula, you could say that this Chatzar is referring to the Harabayas. 
So let's do Pasuket Gimel. Pasuket Gimel, again, is referring back to the description of the construction of the Beis HaMikdash. So, Vayishlach HaMelech Shloim HaShloim sent Vayikach HaShiram Mitzar. And he takes Chiram from Tsar. Now, not to be confused with Chiram who was the Melech Tsar, this is Chiram who was a expert artisan he was a Jewish person who happened to live in the city of Tsar. And in fact, this is made clear in Divriya Yamim, where it says that Chiram, there he's called Churam, but Churam, the king of Tsar, sends this person, he's described in the same way, Ben Isha, Min Ben Aistan, again, described the same way as we'll see, is described in the Pasuk Yedalit, sent by Chiram, the king of Tsar. So clearly, this is someone else. So who was he? Pasuk Yedalit, Ben Isha Amana, the son of a widow. Who mimate Naftali? He was from the Shevet Naftali, Va'aviv Ish Tsairi. His father was a uh, was a person from this from the city or the country of Tsar Kairesh Nechayshas who was expert in copper. Va'yimale as a He was full of wisdom, Yesatvuna insight, Yesadas knowledge. Last is Kol Melacha Banechayshas to do all sorts of work. That was required to work with copper. He came to and he does all the work. So let's spend the rest of today's share just identifying who exactly was this person, and then we'll get into a little bit his background. I do want to just point out, and as an aside, that in Divriya Yamim, he's not just limited to being an expert in Nechoshes, but he's actually described as Yodea Lasois Bazov, Uvakesef, Uvanechoshes, Uvabarzel, and yet here he's limited to being an expert in Nechoshes. So the Redak says, because since Shloimai only needed him, we will see, to work on items out of material of Nechoshes, we'll see he made the Yamshel Shloimai, the Kirois, the Yaim, the Mizrakais, all Kalim that were Nechoshes, so therefore here in Nelochim, he's referred to as an expert in Nechoshes, even though he had an expert in many different types of metals. So let's again just spend a few minutes talking about who he was. So here he's described as someone who his mother was a widow, and he came from Mati Naftali, which means his father was from Shevet Naftali. What Shevet was his mother from? That's spelled out in Divrei Yamim, where it says, Ben Isha Mibnoistan. His mother came from Shevet Don Viaviv. His father was from Shevet Naftali, but his mother came from Shevet Don. Now he is referred to as, or his father is referred to as Chiram Mitzar, or he's called Chiram Mitzar, not because he was a uh, he was a guy from Tsar, like 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 the king. Chiram, but rather because he lived there, very similar, says Radak, to Oyved Edoim Hagiti, who we saw in Shmuel Beis, who really was a Levi. He's called Hagiti because he happened to live in the city of Gas. So the Abarbanel suggests that the reason why the Pasuk tells you that his mother was an Amano is that what was he doing in Tsar? He moved there to comfort his mother and support his mother, who was a widow who happened to be living in Tsar. That's why he moved there, but he himself was really from Shevet Naftali. Why was his mother doing there? I can't answer that question. The Midrashim make much of the fact that you have here a descendant of Shevet Dun involved in the construction of the Beis HaMikdash. He is assisting Shleimai was from Shevet Yehuda. Shevet Yehuda, as we know, was the leader. The, she, the, the Shevet was the leading she, Shevet. They led Klai Yisrael. Shevet Don is considered pachos mi b'shvatim, the lowest of the shvatim. That's hinted at actually in the bracha that's given to Don, Hashem, like, Ay, Hashem should help you. As if they were like a little bit of a, of a, of a, of a nebuch almost type of Shevet. Ay, Hashem. So you have here the pachos mi b'shvatim. 
you have the highest of the Shvatim, and yet they're coming together to build the Beis HaMikdash. And you find the same thing by the Mishkan. You have Bitzalel, who's coming from Shevet Yehuda, but who is his helper? Again, you have the greatest Shevet, the leading Shevet, and you have the lowest of the Shvatim coming together and creating the Mishkan. So the reason for this, says the Midrashim, is to show you that Hashem wanted that when it comes to Melechus HaKodesh, no one is above anyone else. No one should have any gaiva. Everyone is equal in the eyes of God. And therefore, you know who should be partners in the work of Melech HaShemayim? The, the greatest and the lowest together to show that they're equal. In fact, the Ber Moshe says that in order for the Shekhinah to rest upon Klai Yisrael, you had to have this almost avas chinam, you had to have this love, this unconditional love between two people who were not, two Shvatim who were not on the same level in order to make a, a proper resting place for the Shekhinah. And that's why it was so important that you had Shevet Yehuda coming together with Shevet Dun to create the Mishkan and here create the Beis HaMikdash.